You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three, The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Coming to you live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems Downtown Studio. They got you covered for everything basement serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. Uh, I've I've contacted um, Matt from Copperfield. I've been messaging him back and forth. He's going to call in in like fifteen minutes or so. Awesome, because I want to I want to get down because he's alleging that he makes craft dinner with dill pickle juice instead of milk. <sighs> I want to know how that because that that to me sounds like soup. Yeah, it sounds like some sort of uh, brothy mixture. I don't even know. If- Soup, yeah. soup feels like a stretch because yeah. I feel like vegetables are in soup, and that's got yeah. Uh, no, we'll we'll, we'll no. get we'll, we'll get we'll talk to Matt. From I don't like Copperfield. It. I'm upset. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. Uh, Matt from Copperfields are leaning to the uh, new general manager and head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, who's going to join us at eight thirty. But right now, apologies for being super late on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to our man uh, Ryan Pike. Flames Nation editor and host of Flames Talk on Sports at 960. Ryan, good morning. Sorry about that. How are you? I'm, I'm well. How about you guys? Good. Do you have a weird food combo you like? And I'm going to give you some time to think about it because mine is French toast and ketchup and not like cinnamon French toast, just plain French toast and ketchup. Maddie Rose and Alex Brody don't really have one. Do you have a weird food combo you like to put together? If, if, if we're staying on mac and cheese, I, I'm a big fan. Like I don't know how weird it is. I'm a fan of like... Hot dogs with mac and cheese. My brother just likes regular mac and cheese, but he puts ketchup on it. Okay, yeah, that's 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 very standard. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Like we're hearing stuff like a guy was heating mayonnaise and putting it on popcorn. That's just strange to me. Yeah, well, yeah. If it, I mean, if it tastes good, I, I guess. But that, there's there's a certain level of like I'd have a mental block uh, um, against trying that just because of <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I don't I don't associate mayonnaise with, with yeah with I, I think as soon as I go to put put the mayonnaise in the microwave my brain would be like yeah. you know what maybe not I'm gonna say I'm not maybe a, this is wrong. I'm not a fan of the warm mayonnaise texture um syrup and onion sandwich too probably not real uh, but was real last night and there's another transition You're flames just on lose fire today bam bam wow I'm doing the guns the finger guns this right guy's now such a pro flames uh, lose two one in a shootout to the Habs last night Ryan did you have any idea that Elias Lindholm was hurt because we talked about this Daryl says in the post game yeah we kind of knew Saturday night he was banged up then why the hell did he take the morning skate like I I have no idea how injuries are done with this team I'm new to the city you've been covering the team for a long time here and been a fan of the team for a long time here. How, how out of the blue did this Lindholm injury come to you? Like, because I have no idea this was even remotely possible that he was going to miss the game last night. I mean, the the the, the running joke is after the first day of training camp, no one's one hundred percent because it's it's a contact sport. So when I heard uh, you know Lindholm, I went, oh well, I guess that makes sense. So that's a shame. Uh, I had no no I had no advanced warning of it, but uh, you know it's. You know, especially playing up the middle, like you know, there's a there's a lot of crashing and banging around that could happen just off faceoffs, and you know, it's uh, I imagine they let they had him take morning skates to sort of see how he's feeling, and then they're like, nope, no dice. So, and it led to a very strange game where Michael Backlund's your first line center, and he's playing. You know, Michael Backlund 
has not played the power play over the last several weeks. And then he's sort of thrown into the first unit because, to be blunt, they didn't really have anybody else to do it. Uh, you know, Backlund leaned on a bit more on the penalty kill after, you know, they've been using a bit more of a, a rotation on the penalty kill. Uh, Backlund playing on the first line. Uh, Adam Rzichka being used as a center for a good chunk of the game after basically being a winger for the last month. It was a strange game and a strange game with a lot of scary near-miss injuries and unfortunately a scary non-near-miss injury. So hopefully everybody's feeling okay today because that was the kind of game, like you never want to see a game where, you know, three or four guys go out for the concussion protocol and then only a couple of them come back. Yeah, you're right. It was a strange game. I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble evaluating Matthew Phillips. The injuries really loomed large. Even Kadri left the game for a little bit, and that led to Rizicka playing in the middle of the ice. It was strange watching it all break down. What did you think of the blue line and how they responded after Chris Tanev left the contest? Well, I'll say this: I, I like Connor Mackey. I think he's a good kid. I thought that the you know the signing was a good signing. I think that he's done. You know, he's had some bad luck in some of his games where. You know, he had what? He's only played six games, and one of the the handful of games he got into, he took a penalty his first shift, and then he was, you know, sort of victimized on a goal on the second shift. So he's he's had horrible luck. I don't know how smart it is when you have six defensemen and you're missing uh, Mackenzie Weaker, one of your bigger minute eaters on the blue line, that you start off the game fighting a giant. That's not something I would do. I understand, you know, Dennis Gilbert uh, endeared himself uh, to Daryl Sutter and I think to a lot of Flames fans by just, you know, in five games, he had three fights. And I mean, Dennis Gilbert is, you know, the same age actually as, uh, as you think he might be a year younger than, uh, than Connor Mackey. You know, they, you know, they both have some experience fighting. So it's not so much the, I don't know if I want guys who don't fight fighting. I don't know if I want my defenseman in general fighting, especially when you're already down a guy, especially when, you know, the team seems to have, you know, just seems to be cursed right now when it comes to weird, bad things going against them. So I don't know if I want to put my guys in any situations where they might take another weird injury, but that's life. Uh, and then, you know, you're, you're playing a guy who hasn't played for a month and then you lose Chris Tanev halfway through the game. And then you're really leaning on four guys, especially in Michael Stone, the, you know, the game before was limited to about five minutes, five or six minutes late in the game, because, you know, he either, he either was banged up or wasn't performing well or combinations they're in. And then they have to lead him fairly heavily against the, the Canadians. And, you know, it was, it was scrambly at times. You take, you know, we've, we've said this pretty much since Chris Tanev joined the Flames. He is to the defensive group with Backlund is the forwards. He's sort of a great stabilizer. You can throw Tanev out with anybody and he'll calm things down. You take Tanev away and the opposite happens and everything gets a little bit scrambly. And I think we saw a lot of that in the third period uh, of last night's game. So, you know, it's uh, hopefully hopefully they get some good news because if Tanev is out for any period of time, I think it makes the defensive group a little bit leaner and a little bit more stretched out. You uh, brought up the fight, and I, I saw a little bit of this discourse online. Milan Lucic was scratched for a second straight game, and I knew as soon as there was going to be a fight and he was out of the lineup, you were going to see people saying, this wouldn't happen if 17 was in the lineup. I have no problem with him sitting out a couple games every once in a while. He's a veteran. He's an older guy. 
I I don't see a problem with it. He's going to get back in the lineup at some point. You just hope that he's going to go out there and, you know, as much as he's a deterrent, just not get caved in in your own end. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't had any fights this year anyway. The Flames, I think, have six fights, seven fights after last night, and zero of them are Milan Lucic fights. I think Dennis Gilbert currently leads the Flames in fighting majors with three, and, you know, Milan Lucic has zero. And maybe that's the point people are making with the, oh, he's a deterrent. I'm like, I guess I wouldn't want to fight Milan Lucic, but there's a lot of, like, the list of guys I wouldn't want to fight in the NHL is extremely long. So, I mean, you've seen me. I don't really have much upper body. So I, you know, I don't understand, you know, how people get wired to do that. It's they're a special breed. And I think, you know, cool. If you want to do that, cool. But I also don't think like, I mean, I, I don't think Milan Lucic being a tough dude really impacts, uh, you know, Connor Mackey's desire to, you know, try to stand out for, you know, for his teammates and for his coaches. And, heck, you know, the three games where Dennis Gilbert fought, every single game that Dennis Gilbert fought, uh, Milan Lucic is playing. So, you know, I, uh, I, understand, I understand where the folks are coming from, and I, I respect uh, their opinion. I also think that uh, it's a little bit disconnected from what was actually happening in the game. But, I mean, you know, I agree with you on Lucic. He was, I, I think Lucic can be a really effective pro. He was really effective the first three weeks of the season, and then his play, play sort of tailed off. If he has energy and he can be basically a wrecking ball out there, great. Uh, I think if he's not a wrecking ball, you know, Daryl Sutter, I think his, his uh, comment was something along the lines of, well, if you're, if you're not scoring, you gotta be good at checking. And, you know, he wasn't really good at either of them. So I think sitting for a little bit to get a reset and then come back out energized could, could do him and the team a lot of good. Uh, I think Elliot Friedman uh, noted it on uh, 32 thoughts uh, this week, you know, I think his comment was, if you're Montreal or Vancouver this week, and I guess Vancouver's the one that's left over, uh, you probably are hoping that Lucic doesn't come in against you because he'll be a little bit ornery coming back in after sitting for a couple of games. Ryan Pike, Flames Nation, editor, co-host of Flames Talk on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Ryan, how long is the leash here on the Matthew Phillips uh, experiment here to, to, to help scoring here in the top nine? Because... Um, at what point does Tree have to go out there and address a scoring winger? Because clearly goal scoring is a big-time issue for this team. I would imagine as long as the Flames are sort of in the playoff pack or close to the, play- the pack, then he has a bit of a leash. Uh, you know, if you look historically, the way Tree Living tends to work is, you know, this is about the time every year that he goes down to the farm and says, okay, let's bring a kid up and see if it works. Uh, they did this with Dylan Dubé. They did it with Garner Hathaway. They did it with Andrew Montepani. Those are the ones that, that obviously work because those guys are all regular NHLers. Uh, but, you know, this is this is the time of year where, you know, six, seven, eight weeks into the season, you go, huh, not really sure if I like the mix right now. Grab a kid, see if he can spark them. And, you know, I think they probably give, you know, the Phillips and, and redeem Zorna a few weeks to sort of see how things go. I don't think throwing them in for a few games is enough to sample size, but I think, I think by the time we get to, you know, potentially the, the new year, I mean, we're heading, we're about a week away from the roster freeze. So I think if, I think they're probably barring anything unforeseen, 
the, the kids stick around at least through the roster freeze. And then after they come out of that, uh, that period, you know, they have the, the back-to-backs with Edmonton and Seattle at, at, right after Christmas. And then at that point, I think you, you take a long, hard look at how the team looks, what your gaps are. And then you figure out if there's anything you can do externally to, to help you upgrade. I think, I think that's sort of what they did last year. I mean, last year they had the, the, uh, the the curse of uh, everyone getting sick at the same time so their schedule was really backloaded and you know by the time they they got you know Tyler Toffoli at Valentine's Day they had a ton of games left but I think traditionally the way Brad tends to work is you know this is the time of year that he uses for evaluation of, of internal options and then if the internal options don't work you really don't really have much of a choice but to look to the outside. What type of assets would you be comfortable moving out if you were going to try and acquire something given how the first 29 games have gone this year? I think it depends on what you think you can do. And I think, you know, I think that's probably the the big challenge. I mean, um, this is a really good draft year. This is considered one of the stronger draft years in a while. Uh, Brad, you know, I think he's mentioned in interviews that he was asked by, uh, by, uh, by Montreal to include the 2023 first round pick in the, the Sean Monaghan trade. And he refused. And that turned into the complex, massive conditional picks we ended up seeing. Um, because this is a really good, he's probably hearing from Todd Button and everyone in amateur scouting, please don't trade any picks this year. Uh, they already don't have a third. They already don't have a fifth. And I, you know, if I'm anyone trading with them, I want a pick of this year's draft, especially an early one. And if I'm, you know, he's probably getting a bit, uh, you know, tugged on in one direction by GMs he's talking to, to throw in 2023 picks and tugged on in the other direction by everyone else in his hockey ops department saying, whoa, 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 maybe don't do that. So we'll see. I think uh, depending on, you know, I think that the big challenge for them is, you know, based on how much cap space they have now, they could add $1.5 million in cap hits and remain compliant for the rest of the season. I don't think they're going to make a move right now. So that number probably creeps up uh, if, if they wait a month uh, or they do something a little bit closer to, to Christmas. Uh, you're looking at somewhere around two. If they if they wait till the the trade deadline, you could add around four and a half million cap hits. So the, the, the players with those kind of cap hits tend, you know, they're not going to be like you're basically they have enough cap space potentially to add uh, a Tyler Toffoli at the trade deadline. And Tyler Toffoli cost them uh, a pick and a prospect, and then they had to do some weird stuff to get rid of Tyler Toffoli's cap hit. So I could see something like that being something they look at because they did it last year and it seemed to work out pretty well for them. But, you know, it's also the case where, you know, you got to see what other teams are doing and who makes them move first. And I think one of the reasons why the Flames made the move last year a month before the trade deadline is they were able to get in before the rush and before prices got silly. And even doing a move before prices got silly still cost them a first round pick and a decent secondary prospect. So I think if you want something significant, that might be what the price looks like. And if you end up doing something more depth, wise it might end up being something like a second in the death prospect so i think we'll see how that ends up but i think that's the general ballpark probably ryan pike flames nation editor and co-host of flames talk ryan great stuff thanks for this pal well take care guys uh ryan pike on the atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline uh, guest hotline brought to you by atlas pizza and sports bar dine in pick up or have your game day special delivered find out why atlas pizza is a 14 time Consumer Choice Award winner, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, or call 403-248-3344. Straight ahead on the program, Dave Dickinson.
not only now the head coach of your Calgary Stampeders, also the general manager of the team. But we have one little piece of business we got to squeeze in here for about a minute. Um, uh, we were a little skeptical about this. Our man um, Matt from Copperfield joins us with his weird food combo. Matt, thanks for jumping on. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Uh, you're the one who texted in saying uh, you use dill pickle juice instead of milk. How does that actually work, and what is the consistency of the craft Dinner? So the secret uh, behind it is okay. uh, extra butter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it all happened one day. Um, everyone's got a jar of dill pickles in the back of their fridge that have been sitting there forever. And you ran out of so milk? Had, had no milk in the house, so yeah. thought I'd try it, and it was delicious. Do Never you... looked back. All right. Um, how, is it... how, how, how in the, in the bag were you when you were like, this will be fine? Uh, yeah, it was a great night. Yep, there it is. All right. Um, but it's but the key is a lot of butter, so it still is creamy. It's not soupy-like? Correct. All right, Matt. Thanks for calling in, pal. Gross. Yeah, not a problem. Great job. There you go. I, I like how all these combinations, there is a common theme behind it. Yeah, booze. It was, yeah I, it's booze. I drank everything in the fridge and yeah. tried to eat everything in the fridge, and all that was left was this, and so now, I put it on a plate and went at it with a fork and knife. And now I'm desperate. That's yeah. essentially what happened. Yeah, it just reeks of the scent. Uh, we got to get to the break. We uh-huh. got to talk to our man, Dave Dickinson. That's next. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, coming to you live. In the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Everything basement-y since 1992, serving Calgary and Southern Alberta. Later on this hour, our man, Alex Brody, has another World Cup soccer update for you. Woohoo! But right now, he is the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders. And now, and the general manager of the Calgary Stampeders. We say good morning to our pal, Dave Dickinson. Dave, how are you? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thanks for jumping on. Dave, I know we got lots to talk to you about your new gig, your new job, your added title, but we've been doing weird food combinations all morning. Couldn't even get a congratulations yeah. in first? Well, yeah, we will. Congrats on the job. <laughs> food food, uh, food combos, Dave. Food first. Um, food. Yeah. So Pepsi's trying to make pilk happen, where they put Pepsi and milk together, which is sort of a paralyzer without the, the Kahlua and the vodka, but that's neither here nor there. Dave Dickinson, what is your weird food combo? Do you have one that you like to put together? No, I'm, I'm like, super picky. I'm the opposite. Like, uh, oh. like when I came to Canada, like, trust me, ketchup chips? Ah, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> pineapple on pizza? No way. Uh, one thing that I, I okay. fell in love with, though, in Canada is this sawmill sauce. I'll put that on anything. I mean, it's, like, I think it's made in Edmonton, which sucks, but... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of just shrimp, chicken, beef. It's like everything I have, I like this sauce on it. So you know, I don't eat, I don't eat onions, mushrooms, peppers, tomatoes, olives. Nope, they don't go. They don't go down my throat. Yes. Okay, well, okay. I love this, Dave. Hold on, you were a professional athlete at a very high level, and you ate no, pretty much no vegetables as an athlete. <laughs> No, no, I like the weird ones. Brussels sprouts, broccoli, okay. cauliflower, All right. spinach, 
Okay. You know, it's like, you know, and now as I've gotten older, that those negative, those green vegetables like to try to bring on the gout. Okay. The <laughs> family history for the Dickinsons, it's okay. there. So I always have to be aware of that. But, uh, no, I, weird. I, I definitely been weird. I, I used to eat a hamburger with no bun, you know, when I was a kid. So just, just mm. not a normal person. Just chalk it up to... Don't probably not a good guy to ask weird things to eat because it isn't happening. Well, I, I have to ask you this: being an American coming to Canada, what was your first reaction when you saw milk in a bag? <laughs> yeah, well, here's another thing: I got a milk allergy. Oh, <laughs> so easy. It didn't bother me. <laughs> okay. Because uh, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. So I try to use the little drops when I was growing up to digest the milk for me. No, I'm just a messed up kid. I think okay. it's starting right. to come into focus now. It really is. That, yeah. that that's that's what makes you so special, and that's why you can get a job title like a general manager of a professional football team. Did you have kind of an inkling that this was in the works after the season? Yeah, no, me and Huff had talked the previous to last season, and uh, we thought, you know, is this something we want to explore? And uh, had a meeting with John Bean, and, you know, because, you know, Huff certainly isn't ready to step away, but he understands at times uh, it's got to kind of be a progression, and also uh, you need to have a plan. And I wasn't in the in the business necessarily of trying to have someone come over the top uh, and uh, re kind of reinvent the wheel. We feel confident we've got a good plan, and so it was one of these things where uh, okay, let's revisit this at the end of the year. If it goes the way we hope it'll go, this will happen, and that's that's kind of where it went. So Huff is still super involved, but not as much in the off season. I get to have a little bit more say, and uh, ultimately. Adding a piece like Jay McNeil as well on the on the uh, sales side and the, and the marketing side and the alumni side. I really like where organizations at. I just gotta fit in, listen, and uh, take advice, and then hopefully make some good decisions. Dave, it sounds like you've got some pretty set roles already. Judging by the comments at yesterday's press conference, you're going to be the general manager. Huffnagel is going to remain as the president and going to be doing some consulting for the football operations. And Brendan Mahoney is going to be the assistant general manager for the group as well. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about how the, the roles and the responsibilities are going to be delegated with uh, contract negotiations, like you mentioned, roster construction, contacting the league, all those types of things? Yeah, I mean, also, Huff kind of has the ultimate budgets. Um, you know, even with my coaches, he gives me a number. I got to stay within that number. I have the right to mix and match those guys and find the right group. And, and as far as players, you know what? We all collaboratively give out input. Uh, ultimately, we have an idea of where we think they can fit on our team. Uh, Cole, uh, Huffnagel, and then Brendan are the two lead uh, horses there as far as contract negotiations. Nick Boyda is getting involved in that. I'm kind of taking Huff's role, which is, yeah, be there, talk to certain agents, have an idea, give parameters, and then ultimately, you know, got to rubber stamp the deal. And uh, I will use Huff as input and all that, but, you know, in the offseason, he might be fishing or golfing down in Arizona somewhere else so uh, you know I've got to make sure I'm doing my due diligence and doing things right but we have it you know we've been doing it like this it's not changing it's just yeah. me and Hoffer uh, have kind of you know some of the jobs have switched and then ultimately if I'm busier um, you know in the off season, great but if in the season I've got to make sure I lean on Brendan to, to kind of be that lead guy on conference calls and things that are occurring during practice times or game time that I can't be there at 
Is an advantage being a head coach, being so close to the action on the field that you got a better sense of what the other players are like around the league? Yeah, probably. I think personnel, we've done a good job. We Let's be honest, we, we try to find the best players on our team and reward them, and we try to keep that continuity and build from within. We build from within players and coaches, and, and basically, obviously, management, because you know, Huff was able to, to give me this opportunity. So we always feel like if you're working hard, we want to reward you. It's good to look outside the box a bit and, and find some new blood, new thoughts, but uh, we are in the business of trying to reward the players uh, that are doing it on the field year in, year out, wearing the red and white. Dave, when you talk about ways that you maybe fundamentally evaluate players, and you've been around John Huffnagle for a long time and kind of been hand-in-hand in some of those player evaluations along the way, but do you and John maybe have any kind of fundamental differences on how you look at players, something that you might key on that might lead to maybe a little bit different roster construction ahead of the upcoming season? So what we do is uh, all of our coaches also are scouts, and we use a thing, uh, you know, pro football focus, that we use these tools that we've got through our video department in Rossville and being the lead there. And we, we, we look at all the Canadian guys, American guys we can. And as coaches, we then brainstorm with the scouts. And then as the head coach slash general manager with Huff, we're kind of the overseer. We get to decide kind of, you know, what grade we might want to put on a guy that in the draft process or priority free agent in the uh, free agent process. And it's really comforting when we kind of are all seeing the same grade and the same type of deal. What gets dicey is when one guy really loves a player and one guy doesn't. And I think you got to let your coaches have some say in it because if not, you're going to kind of put a basically some a, you know a square peg in a round hole. It's got to fit. And I got to give Huff a lot of credit. I think he's one of the best at. Uh, personnel and and finding it but he's passed that along to his son Cole I think does an amazing job and you know I think we do a good job are we perfect no um but we certainly have a process we're going to continue to do that and uh yeah we maybe have a little bit louder voices because you're the head coach general manager or in house case the president but we still are collaborative we still work together I had seen some questions from some fans as uh Dave Dickinson joining us here on the big show in the morning uh on Sportsnet 960 about how things are going to work on the sidelines now uh, with you being the head coach. You know, Pat Delmonico uh, wasn't calling plays but had the offensive coordinator role. Mark Mueller still around. And literally, you could go anywhere on your coaching staff and look at guys who are perhaps deserving of a promotion, whether it's in-house or or, ex- or out of the house. Um, I guess my question is, how are things going to work with your coaches now that you've got a little bit more responsibility in a front office role during the course of the season? Yeah, a little bit of work in progress. I mean, I got a good guy to lean on that's done it, Huff. You know, and he, <laughs> he's he's done it. He's he's delegated the jobs that he thought he needed to delegate when he had the right people in place. You know, I mean, we have we will be announcing some change in our coaching staff. It's not necessarily that I love it, but it's been a couple a couple guys have potentially moved on. But I did keep a lot of my core pieces, and the ones you talked about, Pat did an amazing job at offensive coordinator. Honestly, he deserves more credit. I, sure. Uh, you know, I do believe he's done a great job and, and uh, coordinated the whole thing. And, and uh, ultimately, Mark has taken another step offensively. I, I love our defensive staff. Like you said, I think 
uh, Brent has really, really shown that leadership, and he can delegate duties, but he's also good on all three phases, meaning back end, DBs, linebackers, and D-line. You know, I know Mark Gillum was out there looking and and uh, always wishing best of luck, but selfishly, I'm really happy he's back because I think he's one of the best. So those guys have really been our cornerstones for a while, and I'll definitely lean on them uh, uh, making decisions going forward. So now we look forward to free agency opening up in February, uh, winter meetings coming up. How busy are the next couple months going to be for you? Well, we're busy for a bit here in December, even though it really doesn't kind of uh, light up until January. So we have league meetings out in Kananaskis this year, uh, 10th, 11th, 12th of January. Uh, that'll be exciting for me because there's some things in the CBA I need to I need to get some clarification on. You know, I I feel like we did this new CBA sure. and there's some things in there that uh, we did not incorporate for the 2022 season. So there's some things there, and I always want to see uh, if there's areas we can make our league better, and, and you know whether that's instant replay rules, um, uh, anything. To be honest with you, uh, I enjoy those meetings, and it isn't horrible that it's out at Kananaskis this year. We can drive out. And, um, you know, I, unfortunately, we're busy from eight till usually around six at night. But uh, those things go on, you know. And then free agency hits, uh, free agent camps will hit. You know, we got our schedule uh, coming out soon. From what I understand, I'm excited to see that. And I uh, really am. I thought 2022 was a fun year, a good year. But there's so much we want to build on and and fancy. I want to get back out there. So looking forward to 2023. Dave Dickinson, the head coach and the new general manager of the Calgary Stampeders, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. It's the big show, Russick and Rose Sports at 960 The Fan. Uh, Dave, got to ask you about your Calgary Flames here. And um, this is this is a question that I'm sure you do as a coach and some players do. The Flames have the easiest schedule remaining in the NHL. Is that something as a head coach you try to avoid talking about to your players? All right, we got a couple cake matchups here at the end of the season, or this is an easy part of our schedule. How tough is that to manage as a coach and now a general manager to kind of not have that message around your players when every game is so important, but maybe sometimes your opposition is a little inferior? Yeah, I think one word that you won't hear come out of Daryl's mouth is easy. I don't think you're going to hear Daryl say that about any opponent or any drill or any system. And one thing I always chuck about, people think it's an easy game. No, it's not. It's There's a reason it's the best in the world playing it. And, you know, a crossbar here and a goal there, and then you lose. And, and, and what I'm seeing is sometimes, and you know, I'm not a hockey guy, but it's confidence. You know, it's that I, I feel like we're going to win this game instead of what are we going to do uh, are we going to get to the shootout again and not win and get that extra point? And uh, so if I was in, we've been in this spot, you just really try to say, okay, guys, focus on what makes us a good team and get better at it. And I do hope they stack some wins together. Um, you know, I went to one game uh, earlier this year, and uh, I, I think we won 5-2. So maybe I need more invites from uh Calgary Sports and Entertainment there. You can bring me and uh, be a good luck charm for the guys. But it's early, but they do have to get rolling. You know, every time you don't put that two points in early, uh, it'll catch up to you later on. So hopefully the guys get hot and uh, take advantage of this uh, stretch they're going into. Dave Dickinson, Calgary Stampeders head coach and general manager. Dave, uh, huge congratulations on the new gig. And uh, I'm glad we learned about your very refined palate. Thanks for doing this this morning. (laughs) Yeah, call me back. Maybe we can talk some NFL playoffs, something like that. Ooh, That'd be fun. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll hold you to that, Dave. Come playoffs, we'll talk to you. We'll we'll talk wild card weekend. How's that? 
Okay. Get, All right. Get in touch with my people. All right. We will. We'll do that. We'll do that. There I'll he reach goes. Out to John, yeah. The new uh, general manager and head coach of your Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Come in and enjoy hockey and football game day specials at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Pickup and delivery also available at Atlas Pizza, 403-248-3344. By the way, apparently this thing is it's taking <laughs> off like crazy. We've had a lot of people try and sign up for this thing already. Uh, the Sportsnet 960 Beer League broadcast is back Thursday, February 2nd at the Wind Sport Event Center. We're on the hunt for our next two amateur hockey teams to join us on the ice, and we'll have their game broadcast over the 960 airwaves. More info to come, but save the date and enter your team now at sportsnet.ca slash 960. The two winning teams will be chosen and contacted on in and around December 30th. February the 2nd, save the date. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've already circled it in my calendar. I'm looking forward to it. Is it too to late it. for me to book that day off? Or Come on. It's no, going to be a lot I'm of fun. We're going to get to roast some terrible beer league teams no, live on the radio. No. Who's our ring? Do we have a ringside reporter? Is Pat Steinberg coming with us? Brody on the beat? Do you want to do that? Or does he have to be back at the studio? No, we'll get an actual... I'm sure we'll, Patty we'll, Dumont would just want to stay back here. Well, we'll get like... It, it happens at night, so we'll get a flames op to do it. Okay. It happens at night? Yeah, it's obviously not going to happen during the day. These people have jobs, George. My goodness. I They're thought not we were doing real this hu- during the day. No. What are you talking about? There's what, an people after can't party take a at Wild off? Rose. What are you talking about? Take the party. Who's going to listen during the listen, day? Listen, I knew I should have read the email, but I was in a doing concert. it during the day. I thought this was we're doing it live on our no, show. No, it's not a ma- on our show. Like, yeah. We have to get them up at like 6 in the morning. Yes. No. And then after party at Wild Rose, Rose at 9 a.m.? Okay. <laughs> Are you for real just figuring out this is a I, nighttime I literally thing? thought we were doing it during our show. No. <laughs> I had no idea. I literally thought we were doing it in the morning during our show. No, this is like a station thing. Like everybody's going to be involved here. Oh, so, so at night. So, so then we have Pat Steinberg. Yeah, Steinberg will be there. Logo's going to be involved. Brody will be involved. I got Duma. So everyone's going to have a role, George. Okay, so who makes the decisions on who does the interviews? I don't know. Not me. No, because we should have (laughs) probably our boss. Alex, you know what you should do? What's up? Um, You should you should go into the crowd and interview the people who are there to watch them play. I would do that. Like I think that'd be a lot of fun, and even like get a couple of the players like mid game, like on the bench. So let me get this straight. We got to come in at night when we've already done a show. No, we're not going to come in here. No, we're going to go to the go down. All right. It's going to be fun. No, I'm not. I'm looking for. I just. I thought, You're making it sound like it's going to be a lot of work. No, I'm just. I had no idea that we was at night. I thought we were doing it during our show. <laughs> it's beer league. You don't pay beer league at 6 a.m. But you can't. That's people reckless. can't take one day off. <laughs> Like, this is a big deal. Like, if your team you get were, chosen. You were literally roasting Alex earlier in the show, being like, we don't even work full hours. I was like, we say don't even that. work full days. All right. And you and I are on the play by play? I don't know. Probably. Maybe. Right. Did Derek do the play by play? I don't know. <laughs> You're asking a lot of great questions, George. 
You're asking a All lot right. of really I good I think we got to have a meeting about this. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, enter to win, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently there's a lot of teams trying to get in and on this there's thing, too. There's already been over 50 people who have tried to sign up. That's crazy. It's going to be at Winsport. All right. Well, ma- the after party in the evening. Okay. It's, it's going to be a wild oh, rose brewery. So then you and I got to show up hungover on the Friday for our show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Too Poor bad. Us. Poor Boo-hoo. us. Boo-hoo. We'll get to just play a All bunch right. of clips from the night before. All right. We'll put it in the morning report. It'll okay. be the lead in the Rose report. It'll okay. be fun. All right. All right. Steinberg better be doing the uh, <laughs> the rink reporting, too. Steinberg's not doing it. He doesn't do enough know. around here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to do your soccer report here as I'm totally uh, bewildered by what's going on with this contest? <laughs> Let's do it. Maybe I should have read the email. I like the last well, I don't part. Even think, the... I don't even think that part of the email was. No, it was just like it was yeah, implied. Yeah, because I didn't know that it was at night. Yeah, but like. It, how but many, no, but again, how you, many, like you just said, it was implied. How many, I didn't know. How many people signed up for this thought it was during the day? Okay. But you can take a day off work. <laughs> people are like, oh, guess what? Yeah. I want a contest. I need. I need yeah, we February can do a, 2nd off. We can okay. do a hungover show also right. on a Friday. Okay. That's fine. All right, Alex, tell us what's going on in the World <laughs> Cup. All right, let's do it. And this soccer report is brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. It's finally here. Semifinals officially kick off today at noon with Argentina taking on 2018 finalist Croatia. South America versus Europe, this is it. Argentina looking to reach their sixth World Cup final, while Croatia hoping to write themselves into the history books as the fourth European nation to reach consecutive consecutive finals. So let's start with Argentina. A lot of pressure is on golden boy Messi, who is looking to bring the ultimate prize back home to his country. He's been the point man for Argentina so far being the heart of their offensive game. Messi at 35, playing likely his last World Cup. He's desperate to land the one major title missing from his trophy cabinet, but he's also carrying the weight of the nation on his shoulders. That is a lot of pressure. And now looking at Croatia, the little country that could. After shocking the world with their remarkable run at the 2018 edition of the tournament, they're showing here that it was no fluke after defeating tournament favorites Brazil in the quarterfinals. Croatia is built around star playmaker Luka Modric. Their style much more defensive than Argentina. They absorb a lot of pressure and find those sudden moments to capitalize on the attack. This one goes at 12 p.m. today. Goals could come at a premium here, but with the amount of quality on the pitch, be prepared to see something special. We'll take another look at the matchup in our soccer report tomorrow. This soccer report is brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. Great job, Alex. Uh, semifinal action today at the World Cup. Croatia and Argentina. I'll be watching at noon today. going to cut my nap down a little bit. You I know. might. I might. I'm interested. I actually Today, I actually, I'm looking at my schedule. It's pretty open. I think I'm going to try and nap before noon. Yeah. I do like that the matches are only two hours. Right. There's nothing in the evening. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to work out yesterday because I had to do an extra bunch of stuff because Dave Dickinson got the promotion. So yep. that, that was fine. So I got to make sure I do that today. Um, 
And I've learned a lot of things today. <laughs> I've learned about weird food combos. We've learned lots. I've also learned that there's no bagged milk in Western Canada. Nope, we don't do that here. And I've also learned that our beer league thing's happening at night and yeah. not during the day. Yes, because that's when you do beer league, at night and yeah. not during the day. Because beer league implies that you're playing when you don't have a job or when you're not working right. your job. Uh, we, had, we had a texter. Uh, we play uh, mornings at 7 a.m. So, Yeah, I, it's not out of the realm of possibility yeah. that people play at 7 a.m., but we're also encouraging people to get buckled after. So... Okay. It's a nighttime thing. I'm looking forward to it. Thursday, February 2nd, go to sportsnet.ca slash 960. Register your team. We'll announce <laughs> the winners around December 30th. Um, on that high note, on my confusion and my <laughs> bewilderment, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.